Welcome to the Love Out Loud podcast. And if you're new to our tribe, on behalf of the entire global family, just so you know, we love you. You're a part of a collective of millions now in over 40 countries around the world devoted to revolutionizing our views on love, global leadership, challenging systems of fear, and creating a new earth together. Love Out Loud takes you on a journey of learning how to love yourself and realizing your unlimited potential so that together we can create a unified and compassionate world. Our membership is the heart of our ever-growing global family and we would love to see you in that. Join us for free now by clicking the link below. John Templeton, thank you so much for taking this precious amount of time to be with us, all of the Love Out Loud listeners, and to come into a space where the intention really is to have conversations that are had through the lens of love, maybe conversations that are would otherwise be seen as challenging, triggering, edgy, and coming into a space where we can soften and have these conversations in a way that gives other people permission to talk about the things that maybe previously have been shrouded in shame or controversy or have, um, you know, created difficulty. And through that, to have a, a space where liberation can really be found. So I appreciate your time this morning and um, was really enjoying just hearing you and where you're at in your journey. I like to create that space first. And by the sounds of it, you're in this space where you're, rediscovering the why and I think this is a really incredible place actually to be as as a leader but I'd love to know was there something that occurred in your journey that took you away from that complete clarity of of where you were going and made you question what your direction might be yeah absolutely um I guess to give it context, I'm very inspired by Tony Robbins and his drive uh, and what he's achieved. Um, And that was my direction. Like I have a massive canvas painting of him on the wall. So (laughs) in my bedroom, not in the street, like in the bedroom. So when I wake up, it's like this canvas painting. (laughs) Pretty incredible. (laughs) Um, And yeah, his, I'm really inspired by a lot of things he's done. He's one of my sort of role models. Dr. Joe Dispenza is another strong one. Um, And I think to a degree they oppose each other as well in almost in their energy. And so going through, I was, I was running programs and then coronavirus came in and I had a retreat in Bali I was running. And actually the theme of the retreat was connected heart and mind. Mm -hmm. And I had 25 people all booked in, accommodation, everything booked. I was in Bali preparing the course and then we got told like the borders are closing. So cancelled the retreat, came home. And ever since then, I've shifted online. And what happened was I really forgot about that that community of people because I was like, well, when we open up again, we'll go back to Bali and it'll be fine. But really, I started to forget about them. I launched a new new product, um, which was online-based. And then those people really started to get upset with me because I wasn't showing them any love. And I couldn't quite, I sort of understood it, but I was like, yeah, when, when things change, I'll come back to you. But they had paid, some of them paid a lot of money. Um, and there was about $40,000 of people wanting refunds. And that's when I was like, okay, well, these people are really upset. So I, I, I had a coach, a business coach, and he was like, don't worry, just keep focusing on this new program. It'll be fine. Offer them stuff, da, da, da. And it just felt in my heart, like my 
I want to say my heart, but I also want to say my gut, like in my body, I started to feel sick. I was like, this is not right. Um, and I'm, I'm good at listening to my body. And even on a daily basis, if there's a decision I have to make, I'll just ask my body. I'm like, what's right. And I'll know whether if I feel alive, good to go. If I feel sick, don't do it. And so I just, I had this, this crippling sickness and my coach was saying, do this. And my body was saying, do that. And so eventually I just said, I have to listen to my body. Otherwise I'm going to get very sick again. I've done this before in the past. Um, and so I, I, I canned it my whole new business model. I canned it. Um, I had events in South Africa, uh, online summits. I just said to the pre presenters there, all the people that were promoting it, I was like, I'm done, canceled everything. And then I just decided to give back to my community that had made pretty big commitments to me. Uh, so that was the real pivotal point of like, slow the fuck down and really come back to, it's like a wave, right? It's like you come back down to ground, but you're further ahead than you were on the last time you were back down in the ground. So that's what really inspired me to stop, stop doing so much and just come back to doing what's right. Mm. I love that so much. You know, one of, um, one of the things I love so much about love is so often the choices that you are encouraged to make in following love, they seem irrational. They seem like they don't make any sense on on paper and um i'd love to know like how did how did your community receive you in in that once you made that decision yeah it's it's actually quite a quite a cool little story so i was running a two-day wealth summit <clears throat> and i brought in these speakers incredible speakers uh to do with to do with like precious metals cryptocurrency investing timing market cycles and over the two days this was when i was feeling at the peak of my sickness between speakers, there was about half an hour and I was just journaling. Literally where I'm sitting right now, just journaling, journaling, like, why do I feel sick? Where's it coming from? Like, what do I need to do to remove the sickness? Um, had a few breakdowns and it, it all sort of became clear. I was like, this whole wealth thing that I'm running isn't where my soul is. And so I posted in my private membership group, it's, it's a high end program and I posted in there and I said, I was just completely honest and vulnerable. I was like, I've dropped the ball. Um, this, you know, I've been doing this other program. I've forgotten about you all. The momentum's died. I take 100% responsibility for it. Um, I understand how you're feeling. I'm coming back. We're doing this. And I said to them, I was like, I'm going to give you the best online. Because that retreat in Bali, they still obviously have that but we can't go to Bali. So I said, I'm going to give you the best online retreat you've ever witnessed in your life. And so then my energy just got channeled into building this online retreat. Um, and they, you know, that it was so well received. They could feel it. They could just feel the sincerity in my apologies. They could feel the sincerity in my commitment to them. Um, and publicly, a lot of them wrote nice things. And then privately, a lot of people said, you know, it's good to have you back again. Uh, so it was, it was, it was hard. And for anyone listening as well or watching, um, one of the hardest things I struggle with, because a lot of my past has been built around significance is not being able to drop that guard down. You know, you've always got to be the, the perfect leader or the, the, the one that's, 
almost like don't have any problems and you, and you can just fix everything. Um, and the biggest lesson I think in the last couple of years for me has been the fact that when you do let your guard down, it is so much more <laughs> beneficial for everyone, including <laughs> yourself. And the messages, um, you just go back into a, like a, a frequency of being able to communicate at, at, you're just open again. Level. Yeah. The communication channels are open again instead of being at a different mark. Yeah. I love that so much. There's a couple of points I really want to dive into in what you just shared. Um, one of them is, you know, how to be witnessed in your process as a leader. Cause I think many leaders that, and I really relate to this, that have this, um, you know, fear or resistance to being seen as imperfect or not having the answers or getting it wrong. I think that's probably the, the biggest one, actually admitting where you've dropped the ball. It just comes down to that vulnerability. And I'd love to hear your journey in um, getting more comfortable with being seen in your process and maybe what, um, what thought, you know, what level of self-talk was actually getting in the way of you feeling like it was okay to be received, being witnessed in that process? Yeah, I think <clears throat> there's definitely been a shift in, call it consciousness, over the last, ever since I've been in the business space, where it was a place of there was the guru who had all the answers and then there were the people that sort of seeked the answers. Um, and then this this kind of shift came where the word vulnerability obviously blew up and, I don't know, Brene Brown probably had a big part to do in that, um, and then authenticity. And what happened was I, I was listening to podcasts. In fact, I was even listening to a podcast last night, um, and what the common theme was is, like, people don't want manufactured anymore. They want authentic. Um, and in the podcast last night, <clears throat> the man said that they did a, a test or a study and it was, they had a, a famous person. I can't remember who it was. It was a movie star celebrity and they were holding up a, a, a product. I don't know what it was, but let's say for example, it was a, a health product. And the, the famous person was like, Hey, I use this health product three days a week and it keeps my skin glowing, whatever it is. Um, and they look at the, the statistics on it and it, it, the amount of, sales that came from that were so minimal um, compared to someone who was authentic testimonial. Yeah. And mm. the guy even said on the podcast, he's like, you can, you know, you can tell when someone's being authentic or not. Um, and so just hearing people like that who are playing the game at a higher level than me going, okay, there's a common theme here. It's better to be authentic and not. And so I'm huge for taking <clears throat> a leap of faith beyond fear mm. and so when I of course of course I was scared to admit to everyone for in fact for a while I was just like keep up the perfect image um but after long enough you just know you just know you just know mm. that okay this isn't right and that's when it was just all those it was like hitting a hammer a nail into a bit of wood it was like be authentic little tap tap yep. tap 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 the universe is just like yeah and then eventually it's like, 
that nails so deep in the wood. It's like, okay, <laughs> I've got to listen. <laughs> yeah. I'd love, I'd love you to speak on body awareness and body intelligence um, later on. Cause I think that that's, you know, so crucial understanding that our whole body is communicating to us and how the, our body is always guiding us in my opinion, towards deeper integrity um, when we know how to listen to it. And I know that's been instrumental in, in my leadership as well, but I'd love, um, I'd love you to speak on leading up to making that decision and being vulnerable with your community. Were you making that decision to be vulnerable, make anything mean? Um, did you make it mean anything around your masculinity as well? As in the reason why I didn't want to do it? Yeah. Or how it felt leaning into that vulnerability? Um, I'm going to say no. It Because I truly believe that the greatest leaders are balanced in their masculinity and femininity. I believe that um, it, it wasn't about the masculinity. It was about being wrong. It was about, mm. hey, maybe this guy's a fraud. Maybe he doesn't have all the answers. That's mm. what was scaring me the most. Have you ever judged yourself in those ways? Yeah, yeah of what, course, all the time. Where's that fear yeah. come from? Um. Where does it come from? So trying to think of a specific time where I've judged myself. You know when it is? It's whenever I'll not get the result I was expecting and Mm. then or it's that and or if I compare to someone like Tony Robbins, I'm like, why can't I do that yet? (laughs) That's the big one is the comparison to people. And that will send me into, obviously, if I have thoughts of not being that good, I'm going to start feeling not that good. And then that cycle of thinking and feeling starts to grip. Um, Create momentum. Yeah. And and sort of, you know, can can bury me at, at times. Mm. Hmm. So beautiful segue into body awareness and intelligence. You, you mentioned before that you had a period where you hadn't listened to your body and you got unwell. What was, what was that journey for you? And what did it teach you about the importance of listening to your body and also tools and techniques? Cause I think that that's really, really important. I know there are many people um, in our community who are always um, desiring to connect more to their body, but because of traumas and limitations they they struggle to. Mm. I just want to say you do listen intentionally because I mentioned that a while ago and I didn't think you'd remember it. But, yeah, I got really sick. Um, so I ended up in hospital. So I was in a, I, I moved to Australia six and a half years ago. And when I moved, it was for a girl. Uh, we had, we, so, I, so I had two gyms I owned in New Zealand. I sold my two gyms and I moved here with um, like a good lump of money uh, I was competing in sport. I was super like fit, healthy. Um, I had money, had the girl. She was a fitness model. Like I was living the dream, right? And this girl had, she had her own mental health issues. She was chronic sort of depression, anxiety, medicated. She had two kids coming out of a divorce. It was it was just pretty cray cray. Um, and I didn't know what I got myself into. I was in love. The most love I'd it was just, I fell deep to the point of, I could see, I could see colors. 
um, I could see energy. So I remember walking through the shopping center, just feeling so in love and I could see things that you can't normally see and the colors moving around. I was just like, I am at a high fucking frequency right now. <laughs> Isn't love amazing? Incredible. <laughs> um, so I'm, yeah, moved over here and then slowly started to get broken down. Uh, after a year, I knew the relationship wasn't going to last. I was talking to a friend who was a psychologist and, you know, she, she didn't help that much to be fair. Um, my money was starting to dwindle down. I was start, I stopped competing at sport. I, I lost who I was. All of our values were actually totally different. Um, mm. And a year later, so two years in, I said to my dad, I was like, I was in England at the time with, with her and with my dad. My dad's in England. And I said, dad, honestly, this is not going to last much longer. I don't know how much longer it's going to last. I tried to break up with her in Italy. She cried all night. It's a terrible place to break up with someone, John. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh my god! Um, <laughs> so, so that that world trip is where it all started to fall apart. We went to, we went to um, uh, where's Machu Picchu? Peru. Went to Peru. Did the Inca Trail, Machu Picchu. Went to Argentina, um, Iguazu Falls. Went to Europe to see my dad. I got super sick on the second day of the Inca trail, I was mm. like chronic. It was like orange juice coming out my butt. Mm. It was bad. I've done that track. I can only imagine how horrible it would have been to be unwell. Yeah. So there's mm. obviously, if you don't make a certain time cap on day two up the stairs, they pull you back down. Right. Mm. And I was way behind the time cap, but I was just, I'm a bit of, like, I'm, I'm pretty tough <laughs> mentally and I was like, I'm not fucking going back down. Anyway, I, I got to the I, I, I made it, but I was super sick. Went to Argentina. The whole time there was you just You can't just you can't just segue past the rest of that story. Hang on. There was another six days of the trail. How did that go? <laughs> no, it was just I highly medicated, lots of water. Um You made it. Oh yeah, made it to Machu Picchu. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um yeah, one of my favorite places. Totally, totally <laughs> Worth it. Worth every second. <laughs> yeah. No, that's when your ego can be good. Like it got me through and yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, yeah, it was good. Stoked. Good. Yeah. yeah. So I was super sick. Anyway, when I got to London, landed in London, I went to see a friend in London and I, I couldn't stand up. I couldn't walk. My stomach was like being tied in knots and I rushed to, I got rushed to hospital and I was in the waiting room, literally screaming and I thought I was going to die. Um, they gave me morphine straight away. So they just gave me morphine and that's the first time I'd ever had morphine and it was fantastic at pain relieving. <laughs> um, it was great. Great experience. They gave me Were you seeing colors again or? <laughs> uh, no. Oh, well, kind of, you know, when you've got real bad flu and everything's blurry, I don't know if you've ever had that. Bit different. Bit different to being in love, yeah. Way different. <laughs> <laughs> Although Dr. Joe Dispenza always talks about when he's kind of like sick, that's when he does a lot of his meditations because his mind's not in the way and he, you know, he, but anyway, that's for a bit of an time. altered state happening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> medicated all the way home, went through Nepal, went through India, just survived, got home, <clears throat> got back to the Gold Coast and I couldn't speak like I was slurring my words I was so sick my vision was gone um I was ghost white I'd lost 10 kilos and then warts started growing all over my body 
Wow. And so I went, obviously went to hospital, got admitted. I, I was in hospital for a week and I had stool samples, blood tests, cameras down up both ends, x-rays, everything. And they just couldn't find anything wrong with me. Mm. Um, after a month, they sort of said, well, we, we don't know what it is. You're just going to have to eat white food. So it's kind on my tummy and take antibiotics and see what happens. So I was like, this is <laughs> great dumb. advice, medical system. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a naturopath and the naturopath was, was like, are you stressed at the moment? And I just fully broke down. I was like, yeah, I am. And still with your girlfriend at this point? Still with my girlfriend. And she said, what's it coming from? I said, my relationship. So I always had this feeling like if I left her, she would commit suicide. That was the belief I had. And so it kept me with her because I cared so much. Mm. Um, and I was going through like a bit of a spiritual awakening at this time, hence India, Nepal and things like that. And so I had, I had almost too much empathy, almost too much care for her. I wanted her well-being more than I wanted my own. Um, and for those three years leading up to that, my body was telling me, and this is, I guess, where we're going with the whole thing is our, how we feel is a signpost to the truth um, and what we should or shouldn't be doing. And I didn't listen. And that was the, that was the greatest lesson of my life is that my body knows what's right and what's wrong. Mm. Um, and as soon as I listened, broke up, I rung her friend and I said, hey, come around. I'm going to break up with her for reals this time. And I did it. <laughs> for reals. Oh, my God. <laughs> and within a month, I had my weight back. I had my color back. My, you know, the warts started to disappear from my body. I was just back to me. It was fantastic. And that's, yeah, that's, that's when I started to find myself again, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Isn't it, isn't it absolutely incredible how these physical symptoms, our subconscious mind is just screaming at us. Listen, listen, listen. I call it a feather, a brick, a bus. Listeners have probably heard me say this multiple times. The universe is going to come and stroke you with a feather. If you don't listen, it's going to hit you with a brick. And if you don't listen to the brick, it's going to come and um, smash a bus into you. Yeah. Um, and so from there, I'm, a, I'm assuming that the level of sensitivity you've developed has improved your ability to actually discern, okay, this is, this is my body telling me this is not the right way. Mm -hmm. um, and in the world like it is today in the society that we live in, there's so many distractions that are taking us away from that sensitivity. How have you cultivated that awareness? Making it a priority. I think, we, well, with any... Emotions are what form our beliefs. So I'm sure all of your listeners are aware, especially if they listen to my episode I did with your with your community. I talked about beliefs um, and how they're shaped through emotional events. And so that event for me was traumatic. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm never gonna I'm never gonna forget that. Mm -hmm. And it, I make it a priority. And I know you said you wanted some maybe some tools or strategies. I talk to my body a lot. Um, and what I mean by that is okay. I talk to my subconscious a lot. Mm. It, for some people, it could be a sound. For some people, it could be a feeling. For mm. some people, it could be a sign. But like seeing, hearing, feeling are our primary kind of um, senses. And so I'll just, I'll just, if I'm stressed, number one rule is don't try and do this when when you're incoherent. So if you're, if you're, if you're incoherent, you're stressed, 
the, the, the number one thing is to get out of stress first, get to a place of calmness and then kind of communicate. So for that, there's exercise. I, I love, if I'm ever in a bad shitty state, I'll surround myself with people that are going to pull me out of it because through osmosis, right. I'll get pulled into their state, their frequency. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's very subtle, I'm sure your listeners may have heard of the HeartMath Institute. I'll go through one of their processes, which is just breathing into your heart um, and connecting with that intelligence. And so I'll just breathe into my heart. And if I'm in a good state, it won't take long. A few deep breaths into the heart and I'll just say, what's right? What's wrong? What should I do here? Generally, yes or no. And I'm I'm a feelings guy. I'll just feel this is not right or Hmm. yep, this is feeling good. Yeah, so great. So great. It takes, uh, I think, a lot of um, undoing of conditions to really start to tune tune into your body to realize that we're actually communicating as a whole being, not just not just the thoughts mm. in our head. And have you found that the more you've listened to that and the more you've aligned to that integrity, the kinder your mind has become to you? Yes, 100%. The kind of life has become to me. <laughs> it's like yeah. it it's funny. We, we teach people to live in alignment with their values. Um, and it's sometimes easier said than done, but it's very true. When you do live in alignment with your values and what's true to you, then you're, you're, you're actually going to be, I know you, if anyone listening, they're going to talk about feelings a lot and vibration and frequency, but when you live in alignment with your values, you are literally going to find yourself in that, higher frequency and that is going to feel loving and as you said your mind is then in this loving state of mind um yeah it's just going to be this reciprocal cycle of wonderful feelings no it's so simple yet not common practice (laughs) who would have thought (laughs) the western world has has the beliefs and cultures that have conditioned us veered us uh, away from it yeah, for sure. Yeah, shut it down. Yeah, I loved um, what you shared earlier in the um, in the episode. I think it's what I'm going to title the episode, which is "Your feelings are a signpost to the truth." I think that's that's so beautiful. You know, it's, if if you're feeling good, it's a sign that you're moving closer towards what's right. Has there ever been a time though in the process of learning that um, integrity and that discernment that you've you know, wanted to pursue things that have made you feel good, but it actually hasn't been within your integrity. And how have you come to that awareness and how have you actually developed that discernment? I, I also think it, it can be quite dangerous to say to people, just go and do whatever you feel hmm. when they don't actually have um, a sense of their value system, what integrity looks like. I talk about biological feelings and spiritual feelings. So, biologically we've got hedonism versus spiritual integrity (laughs) we've got our like our neurotransmitters there are probably our four primary neurotransmitters which is i know obviously your listeners would know about oxytocin um but dopamine serotonin and the last one i talk about is kind of cortisol which is which is a neurotransmitter often we we tend to move away from which is like a stress response i don't want that so when we can transcend our biology and this is not backed by science or proven by science, this is just my theories. And we start to go with, with more of a metaphysical feeling, which is more of a state of being than a biological reaction. 
I think that's probably the big area to discern first and foremost. Am I looking for a dopamine hit? Am I looking for a for something to fill a void in my physical being? Or am I listening to like a higher level of consciousness? Mm. Or am I tuning into a higher level of awareness? I love that. And through this process for you, have you developed uh, a relationship to uh, God or divinity or source? What's your journey? Yeah, it's so funny you ask. I just got goosebumps as well. Um, so I just want you to know and everyone to know that you, you asked before, have I, have I ever found myself following these desires which were out of integrity and, you know, how did that end up? Um, and it's a mess. Every, each and every time it ends up as a mess. Uh, and so it's an ongoing process. I'm still learning now. Hence, I said to you, I think before we started this, I'm taking, I'm just like stopped everything. I'm going into this state of being mm-hmm. so I can reset, reconfigure. I've just booked an Airbnb in Byron Hinterland for next weekend just to have three days of stillness so I can regroup. And I do that every sort of three or four months. Um, but yeah, so I was, I was running events through, uh, I was in New Zealand at the time and I was running an event around mindset um, getting to know people and then bringing them into my program. And <clears throat> the events were costing about $20,000 to put on the ones in New Zealand, a bit more because it was flights, accommodation. I had to pay for my staff. And then obviously I had to sell tickets to my program. And we had an event or a couple in Australia before New Zealand. In fact, we had one in, how's this for terrible? We had one in um, Newcastle what a <laughs> $20,000 event and two people showed up. And so I was, I was heartbroken, made no money, obviously lost a lot of money mm. <clears throat> and fired my marketing team, obviously. And, and <laughs> obviously. <laughs> well, leadership and, in action right there. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and I was sleeping in a caravan. Just that's all I could afford was a caravan. So I had myself and my assistant. We were in this caravan. And your assistant. Yeah. <laughs> loyal, loyal assistant. She came. Um, <laughs> and the house, it was an Airbnb. The house where the caravan was, they were just partying at night. And I had to run this event the next day. <laughs> and I just broke down. I've had a lot of breakdowns on this journey, but I broke down, started crying. And that was really the first time I had prayed to God. Mm. Um, I was, and it How long ago was this, John? Specifically, uh, like two years ago. Uh-huh. Oh wow. Okay. Yep. And so I, I, I've only I've only been coaching for a couple of years. So this was at the start of the journey. And you're getting angry that you're not Tony Robbins yet. I know, right? <laughs> I do. We love you, John. We believe in you. It's a and marathon, I, not a sprint. It is. And so I, I prayed to God, and I was like, "Just help me." My last presentations have bombed. Like I don't know what's going on, and. I surrendered and the moment I gave up, I just got all of this information come in and I stayed up all night redesigning the whole presentation to a new, totally unproven presentation. And I went in the next day and slayed it, absolutely slayed it. And the whole event was just a a massive hit, made um, all the money back. And that was the first time I was like, okay, there's something in this. And so... (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? All of those millions of people were onto something. (laughs) And and so the next time it happened, so I I was like, okay, cool. And then ego kicks back up. You've got this. You're the man. Keep going. And so I I kept going, but I I went into control. Um, And a lot of the time I teach people the three phases 
are survival, control, create. And I was always operating in control. Um, and the same sort of thing happened again when I was back here in the Gold Coast about a year ago and I cried, broke down, and I just prayed to God. And the exact same thing happened. I just got all these answers came to me, complete clarity, changed something, stepped forward, everything got good again. And then I came up with a mantra, which I use very often, which is um, I have trust, I'm, I'm grateful for, and I have trust and faith in the grace of God. And mm-hmm. so that became my mantra. Um, and when I say God, what I mean by God is not some dude in the clouds, but I, it's like a, a universal consciousness. And it's, it's a greater level of mind. Um, you know, some people would call it the quantum field, the, the collective conscious. It's, it's the metaphysical Zero point. energy that bonds everything together. Do you have a personal relationship with that, that force? Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm an asshole of a person to be in a relationship with in that context, because I always <laughs> try and have control. <laughs> right. So, Trying to take on God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's probably <laughs> still single, but it's like just letting go of control more and more. And what I'm doing right now is the greatest I've ever let go. So I know I'm making progress, which is, which is all we can do. Right. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's um it's so interesting. This has been a thread pretty much in, in every episode. And I feel, you know, we're really at a point. Um, this is what I feel from what I've observed and hearing people are at a point in human evolution where, you know, to, to bring it back, I guess, to a simple way of understanding it, we're needing to hand ourselves over to something greater than us in order to, um, you know, flourish as a species through all of the adversity that we've been, that we've been going through. And it's so interesting to see how this is playing out in individual lives and how it's really like this process of surrender is needing to happen collectively. And I'd love that to be, you know, one of the last things that you share on, if you have a perspective there before we close up the episode. I do. And I don't know if, Obviously, I don't know if I'm right or not. I don't think anyone does. But what there's the human part of us which we can't get rid of. And if we do get rid of it, we're not a human anymore. We're a spirit. And so one big question I have, uh, which whenever I talk to people that have really great minds and I'll say is this duality of being human, being connected to this, this spirit, this Holy Spirit, is that always going to be there? If we try and sort of hand ourselves over completely, do we cease to be, cease to be a human, if that makes sense? And so I, I don't know what happens next. And this could open up a whole can of worms with the whole great awakening what's happening in the world right now politically, the, the, the really there seems to be this good versus evil happening in the world right now. It's, it's funny, more Australians are becoming patriots, patriotic, mm. even for America. And it's, it's not even America. It's about good versus evil. It's about, I'm going to say it like this, this God energy versus this devil Satan energy clashing. Mm. And 
I, I, I would love to think that there's a, is the right word like utopia? Where Nirvana. Where, yeah, like <laughs> where the God energy wins. Um, as far as I know and as far as my understanding goes is duality is always going to exist and that means there will always be. On this dimensional plane, John. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's what, what I kind of mean as humans. And so yeah. unless we transcend being a human. What if I, we evolve to a different yeah. dimensional reality? Yeah, that's something else I've questioned too. And even and even you know, masculine, feminine energy becoming one energy and, you know, sexual organs no longer being there. I've played with all, like I've read, <laughs> oh, I mean, have you read this stuff? I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm deep in my contemplations, but I try and, I try and always come back. And as someone that is really aware of your body, I'd love to, for you to tune in now and, and speak from what you feel, like, what do you feel is, is your truth and what is your body? <laughs> say that 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 as humans there's that saying right it's like you can't fix the problems with the same level of thinking that created them Mm -hmm. Uh, currently on the face of earth i don't think i don't think that there is a human that is at that level of consciousness that really knows what's going on. And so are there other species out there that are probably laughing at us going, uh, wait till these guys become more awake, <laughs> wait till they become more conscious. Um, <laughs> right now, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I believe consciousness is definitely expanding. We're definitely um, integrating more, becoming way more awake. Does that mean my penis will disappear? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But at this stage, it feels pretty secure on my body. Yeah. feels like it's there. Yeah. <laughs> it's there. It's functional. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I think it's um, it's a beautiful time for all of us to maybe not know. And to, to be surprised, whatever the outcome of all of the crazy happenings of 2020 have been. Oh my God, what a year. <laughs> I know. John, I just want to thank you again for sharing um, and sharing your vulnerabilities and sharing your perspectives, uh, both personal perspectives and perspectives on the whole intergalactic metaphysical universe and everything in between. It's yeah. dearly appreciated. I know I speak on behalf of all the listeners when I say that. I'd love you to just share uh, before we close uh, the best way that people can jump on and support your podcast. I know we have an episode coming up, mm-hmm. um, how they can learn more about your membership and your community and just follow you in general. Yeah. the My handle is the same everywhere, which is at John Templeton official. Um, Instagram's probably the hub at the moment, but that's also LinkedIn, Facebook, um, I think YouTube, everywhere. I think. Uh, so, so connect there and then that, yeah, that's like the, the head of the snake, I guess. Everything else comes off from there. Yeah, perfect. Thank you, John.